Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. On this week's episode, we have Justin and Lauren. How can you make a really cheap and effective microscope? I mean, they're really big otherwise, but what if it could turn them into something that you could carry in your own hands? Plus, we find out about something that's taking out one of the most deadly predators in the world, of course, the deadly rattlesnake. And what's been taking them out is something that you can barely see. So phones these days can do some pretty amazing things. Well, yeah, I mean, not only can I watch videos of cats, I can also look at pictures of cats simultaneously whilst also taking another video of cat doing a crazy thing and uploading it to YouTube. What's not to love? While also playing a game about feeding a cat and taking a video of a cat. Exactly. I mean, they're just so amazing for the world around us, especially the cat-loving world around us. Yes, I don't actually own a cat, full disclosure here. I'm just uh, (laughs) trying to fit in with the cool internet crowd, guys. I hope I'm not discovered. I also don't have a cat, so hopefully they don't discover that neither of us know what we're talking about when it comes to cats. But that's fine, because we can have something even better than cats on our phones. What could be even better than cats? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, an, I'm an engineer and a scientist, and I, and I love looking at things in more detail. But some researchers from the University of Houston have come up with a way of making an optical lens that you can put onto your smartphone. And bear with me here. This will turn your smartphone basically into a mini microscope, able to magnify images by a magnitude of 120 times. Okay, Justin, look, I'm a biologist, right? I've been into labs. I've used microscopes before. There's no way you're going to be able to turn my phone with its crappy camera into a microscope. Those things need like a million parts. Yeah, and not only that, they're really expensive. Like a decent microscope in a lab will cost you about $10,000 at least. And I mean, my universe, um, the places I've been to get microscopes, they don't even always replace the ones that don't work. They just make you try and use it anyway. (laughs) Yes, because it's the only one you've got, so you're going to use it even if it's broken. (laughs) So that's a real challenge, and obviously the expensive and the cumbersome nature of microphones, microscopes, is what has enabled, you know, held back some of these applications. But university lecturer Vishan Shi from the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department of University of Houston have actually come up with this really tiny lens that costs about three cents a lens to produce. And it's ideal for just attaching to a smartphone camera use. You don't need to use any other additional devices. Younger students can just put it onto their phones or any other tablet-type device and have, in their own hands, a pretty powerful microscope. Yeah, it's not lab quality, but for three cents a pop, that's pretty good. That's amazing. That would have made my um, high school biology so much more interesting. And that's right. I mean, and it's a really good way of helping get some of these ideas out into the not only university labs, high school labs, but even primary schools you could put this out to. Um, And this could really help with like um, some schools that it just, it costs too much. I mean, obviously, I think you mentioned that you need like a smartphone to use it currently. That's right. But most people these days have smartphones, and even if not, just the fact that it can be produced so cheaply just blows my mind. Yeah, and if you have it on like a tablet, right, so then you only need a couple of them in a class set for used in all types of purposes, or maybe even only like five, that's still substantially cheaper than buying a expensive microscope. 
And you wouldn't even need it for all the time. Like, you could literally just bring one in for a couple of lessons of just, hey, look at all these really tiny, amazing things. Now go sketch them. That's right. And what they've made this beautiful, tiny, low-cost lens out of is polydimethylsololaxane, which is called PDMMS. It's a polymer which looks has the consistency of honey, and they basically drop it precisely on a preheated surface to cure it. And when it cures, it has the type of curvature that forms, right? And that t- specific lens curvature that forms when it cures is perfect for producing really clear magnification up to 120 times. So do they have ones that have different types of magnification or are we just specifically doing the 120 times magnification? Well, that that's the optimum design that they've come up with and it's the kind of the... With an image resolution of one micrometer, they can get up to 120 type magnification. So using the limitations of a smartphone camera, that's kind of the magnification you can get out of it. And that's that's pretty comparable to like a standard off-the-shelf Olympus IX70 microscope, which has got a magnification of 100 times. And this is not even approaching any optimization you may do with software. This is just purely using this little polymer-like lens made of PDMS that you stick on the top of it. And like afterwards you could take you could actually just take pictures on like an iPad of what you're seeing and use those for later. Exactly. It's it's and, you know, instead of having to like sketch it out and look at the microscope, sketch it out, look at the microscope, just take the photo and you're done. It's it's phenomenal. It makes everything so much easier. And this is gonna be so much better for people who, for example, like myself with I have very poor eyesight. My eyes don't focus on the same um they don't have this they don't focus the same. So I find stuff like 3D glasses and microscopes, microscopes especially very hard to look down because I can only really look through one eye and adjust it for one eye. Well, that's right. So, it can be a bit challenging for anyone involved. So having a screen to just look at would make things so much easier. Exactly. Now, when they actually are producing these little lenses, they actually make very little flexible, similar to a soft contact lens. Though they're you know, a bit thicker and slightly smaller. So all you then do is just attach it to your smartphone or your tablet, and then you have a pretty powerful and portable lens. Now I can just imagine taking pictures of your friends and having a like super zoomed up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, some what, some of the graduate researchers that are helping develop this, basically they put it on a Nokia Lumia five twenty, a twenty dollar phone with a one cent lens, and effectively they've produced a powerful microscope equivalent of a $10,000 microscope. Now, obviously, the $10,000 microscope is more versatile, but it's pretty expensive, and this can do a pretty good job for a pretty low cost. So, obviously, this had to have just been invented. Otherwise, I feel like we'd be seeing these everywhere. Exactly. Uh, it's it's sort of something that's being developed, and at the moment, they, they need to actually start building the equipment to reproduce these on a mass scale and really commercialize the technology. And they're actually, at the moment, crowdfunding to try and produce this further, uh, and they're doing it on Indiegogo. They're hoping to raise about $12,000 to produce with the equipment, and they've raised about 3000 so far, and they're in conversations with uh, various institutions about institutional funding. But it's, it's a great way to produce low-cost and effective methods for teaching and putting out their knowledge that you get from sharing a microscope. There's some great work being done out of the University of Houston, and if you really want a cheap, low-powered microscope, they can definitely help you out.
So, Justin, I remember early on in the year, you were talking about this thing called March Madness, I think it was. Yes, March Mammal Madness. The competition of pitting animal against animal to find out which one would be tough enough to survive. The Tenrek, the Minotaur, the Mighty Mongoose. All of them competed for honour and glory to fight it out as the best mammal. Okay, so, if I gave you some random animal, would you be able to tell me what what exactly would be able to kill it? I'm no biologist, but I am an eminent expert in biological-related animal combat. So, sure, lay it on me. Hypothetical animal combat. Hypothetical animal combat. <laughs> okay, so what if I was to say something, you know, something slithery, something that's got reptilian eyes, something that rattles, maybe a rattlesnake. Okay, so rattlesnake, one of the most deadly and venomous predators in the world that lulls you to sleep with a soothing rattle and then kills you with poison. So also unusual enemy, but a very tough and challenging one. But at least it gives you a warning. So I'm going to guess you're going to say something like, I don't know, like a bear. A bear's going to be what's what's going to be able to get this. Sometimes rattlesnakes can actually take out bears depending on the situation. So I'm going to go with rattlesnake. Okay. Um, what about a shark? Like, a snake so could be able to survive in that water environment. Surely a shark's going to be able to get it before it gets them. Yeah, it's home ground advantage, so you would really depend on which one got the pick first. And given we start with a snake, I want to say snake has the home ground advantage and we'll put a chow down on that, that shark. Hit it with its rattle too, just for good measure in the nose. Okay, well, uh, how about... No, I'm completely out of ideas. Tell me, what could beat a rattlesnake? And it's actually a very serious question because there is one thing that is decimating snakes, rattlesnakes, across nine eastern states of the United States. And it is nothing other than the humble fungus. A fungus doesn't have teeth? No, no teeth. Then how is it decimating rattlesnake populations? Well, it's actually really, really quite interesting. This fungus has sort of been spreading across parts of Vermont, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts in the United States. And it's, it's, it's giving the, all these snakes this really terrible disease called Ophidiomyces ophidicola. And this has also been killing bats. It causes something called white-nose syndrome in bats. And it's killed millions of bats too. So it's not just rattlesnakes that are dying out now, but it used to be confined to bats. But what they found in the last year or so is that it's, it's, it's taken out all of the rattlesnakes. Just, just all of them. It's just killing them. So what does that mean? Like, is it transferring from animals to animals? Basically, it's, it's not just that. It's, it's, it's the, the, the snakes as a sort of low-lying predatory animal on the ground. It's really exposed um, to the rattlesnakes. And the snakes are also at a great risk because there's a, there are species that reproduces really slowly so they don't have a lot of time to adapt to this disease that they're facing. You know, it takes 30 years. You know, these snakes can live up to 30 years sometimes. So as they go through, it's, it's sort of affecting about uh, 15% a year. Of, 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 of the population of rattlesnakes. And, and it's a really high mortality rate, 80 to 90%. So, and they, they're assuming that a lot of rattlesnakes, up to 30 to 70% in Illinois, have got this exposure, this deadly fungal disease. So what does that mean for our rattlesnake populations? It's actually, it's really quite worrying for them because rattlesnakes serve an important part in the ecosystem of these sort of areas of the United States. They keep smaller pest animals in check by, you know, chowing down on them. And so... 
predators like a rattlesnake actually serve a really important role. Without them, the pest species or the rodent species will get out of hand. So not only that, but you know they're an important native species to the region. So there's actually a risk for these snakes, these rattlesnakes, going extinct from this fungal disease, mostly because they're already a small population to begin with. So do we know if we've come up with any measures against this fungus then yet? No, un- unfortunately... All five different rattlesnakes populations that they've sort of investigated have been hit by the decline in, in this in this species. And so their researchers are really struggling now to find some way to find a treatment for it, but also to protect the species. Ultimately, rattlesnakes are a pretty hardy bunch. They're the symbol of resistance. The famous sign from the American War of Independence, don't tread on me, was a rattlesnake as well. And unfortunately, in this case, a fungus is the one doing the treading and the rattlesnakes on the receiving end. So hopefully science and the populations of rattlesnakes themselves can find a way to bear through this crisis. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This week we found out about some researchers turning your smartphone into a very powerful and cheap microscope. Plus we found out what's been taking the deadly rattlesnake down to size and killing off its population. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.